0: Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast episode number 211. And I'm Zook. Nope, I did not forget to mix things down correctly. I am by myself. They actually decided to let me go unchaperoned this time. My understanding is uh, Colin was crushed by a steamroller. Schmitty is down with plague. And Zoner is recovering from being voluntarily dismembered. I guess that's what we're going to call it when he's gone now. Uh, so I'm by myself. Uh, considering this is like late Sunday night now, and I actually have a flight early morning to head to L.A., this should be interesting. We've never done this before. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be the very first time. Hey, uh, before we go any further, want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, our friends over at TrekRadio.net, uh, and the original, the best, sci-fi for your Wi-Fi, KryptonRadio.com. Uh, there's no one else out there like it. I know I just uh, said Trek Radio, but they're a Trek station. Krypton Radio is a geek station, and they are the best one out there. So tune in to them if you don't already also, shout out to our friends over at Stitcher.com, 20, 4814 web hosting, that's 48-14.com, and Open Book Audio. Again, we couldn't do this show every week for, oh, geez, four years now if it weren't for these people. So, hey, you know, if you don't like what you're hearing, you have them to blame for it. All right. Um, again, we've never done this before. I should say I've never done this because there's no one else on the show. It's just me. We've uh, never missed an episode, and we sure weren't going to start now, so why not? Let's roll with it. If you don't like it, I do apologize. But into our headlines this week, we have some interesting ones, and they're kind of all over the place. The first one comes to us from Capitol Hill. See, there are a bunch of senators out there, and we've talked about this before, who don't seem to have any clue about what technology is or how people actually use them use it, them. This week, we have Senator Deanne Feinstein. Uh, She is a Democrat from California, which is kind of confusing that she should be saying this. Uh, She wants to remove something from the Internet. Now, if you've ever been on the Internet, you know how hard it is to actually remove something from it. Even worse is the fact she wants to remove something that's been around in the real world since the 70s. It's the anarchist cookbook. Now... This is impossible. It's actually incredibly hard to do because even if you were able to remove every listing of it, you still have actual full digital copies online. And even if you were able to remove all of that, it still exists in the real world. So, um she she gives her reasoning as this and she says, "Quote, I'm particularly struck by the alleged bombers made use of online bomb making guides like the Anarchist Cookbook and Inspire magazine. These documents are not, in my view, protected by the First Amendment and should be removed from the internet." End quote. That would be great. However, uh, again, this isn't a new document. This isn't something that came out on a blog last week. It's impossible to remove. This comes to us right after the wonderful uh, parts about SOPA, PIPA, SISPA. Um, people who don't actually know technology trying to pass laws about technology. We cannot forget the wonderful series of tubes comment made by Senator Ted Stevens. And, oh, geez, there was another one just a couple of weeks ago that was along the same lines. It's just, it's almost become too much to try and remember now. So here's a modest, I think, proposal. We have elections coming up here again, right? Um, Hillary Clinton just uh, announced that she'll be running for president. I'm sure we're going to be seeing other people come out of the woodwork saying that they're running as well. Well, there's going to be some senators, some representatives, some councilmen, some aldermen probably running. Wherever you are and whatever you're voting for, Can we all just agree that we're going to start really, really scrutinizing everyone's tech credentials? Because if the people we're electing have no clue what kind of technology we're using, I don't really think we should be electing them anymore. Just a thought. Just a thought. Um, Also from Gizmodo, because that's where I pulled that last one, some other interesting law problems. I didn't know this until I read this article, but it turns out that even though you've bought your car, and you may have paid it off entirely, you don't actually own parts of it. Little known fact, well, little kept secret, it's, it's a pretty well-known fact now that I think about it, there are computers in everyone's cars. Very complex little machines. And those computers run their own code. That code is proprietary to the car manufacturer, and it turns out it's illegal to modify it. Now, This makes no difference to most people. Most people don't go tinkering around with the code in their computers, but there is a group of people who do, people who mod their ECUs to get better emissions or better mileage or just more power. Uh, It's illegal in some states because it uh, it bypasses smog control or, or any number of different reasons, but it's not really enforced because it'd be almost impossible to enforce. But it turns out it's illegal, which is just dumb. I mean, so long as you're not messing with the safety of the brakes or the airbags or the whatever, there is no reason why you shouldn't be able to do whatever you want to your car. If you want to change the stereo, you can do it. If you want to change the headlights, so long as you're the Department of Transportation approved, you can do it. You want to add those really, really annoying bright Xeon fog lights and turn them on whenever there isn't fog, you're a douche, but you can do it. It's your right. So the fact that you can't do that to your computer's code is bizarre to me. And evidently, I'm not the only one. The EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, uh, who we've brought up many times on this show, they're a good friend of the consumer here in the electronic age, they are advocating for a better policy. Uh, However, they're currently entrenched in a huge legal battle against the DMCA. You remember the Digital Millennial Millennium Copyright Act. Yeah, it's the weird law that says you can't modify that weird stuff. And they're going up against a really interesting opponent. So you'd kind of expect things like Honda or Toyota or Ford to come out of the woodwork and say, look, we don't want people to copy our code. Okay. I'd give that to them. I'd say, okay, you know what? Honda worked really hard on getting what 40 miles to a gallon on this type of car and they're contending that it's in their code, and that's how they got it, and they don't want their competitors to get that. Okay, I could see that. But John Deere, yes, that John Deere, the John Deere company who makes tractors, don't want you to modify the computer code in your car because, and I'm, you're going to love this, they're worried about people downloading pirated music. I'm just letting that sink in there. They don't want you to mess around with the ECU that controls the fuel injection under your hood, because they somehow think Napster can be installed on it. Here's the actual quote from their um, reason to justify the DMCA application. John John Deere even argued that letting people modify car computer systems will result in them pirating music through the onboard entertainment system, which would be one of the more convoluted ways to copy media. And the exemption process doesn't authorize copyright infringement anyway. I don't even know what to say to that. Um, The author here in Gizmodo, I think, puts it best. Let's put it this way. If you manage to pirate music in a tractor, you deserve a much better prize than a DMCA letter. You should get a job somewhere for that. That's just insane. Um, It's way too much work. But, hey, if you can do it. I guess more power to you. The Apple Watch launched for pre-order this week, and of course it sold out like we knew it was going to. Um, This isn't part of this headline, but I kind of get the feeling that Apple has a very good set of analysts who look at every single launch and say, okay, we're launching a new iPhone. We foresee it will sell 50 million units on day one. And then they go back and say, okay, that's awesome. Let's make 40 million units. Because that way it's guaranteed to sell out on day one. There's always going to be more for sale like a few days later. But they know there's going to be that initial rush. That rush right at the door that people have pre-ordered and sold out. And that's that's... I can't fault them for that. That's a brilliant marketing move because nothing really creates artificial desire or or a head of steam behind a product than the idea that it's already sold out. It's sold out and you didn't get one. You know, how does that make you feel? Don't you want to be part of the in crowd? You're the only one who doesn't have one. For all we know, they could have pre-sold 30 of them and they only had 30 to pre-sell and they've still sold out. I just think it's a real artificial way of inflating value, but... I got to admit, it's really ingenious and it works. The thing is, is that since it's now up for presale, um, a lot of different reviewers and a different bunch of sites have gotten it. And I've been reading through all the different reviews and a lot of them have said the same things. And I don't think people are giving it quite the awesome review that they think they are. I'm reading one here from the New York Times by an author by the name of Farjeet Maju or Farhad Manju, excuse me. I've read his work before. He's a very good author. He's a very good reporter. And he's generally an Apple fanatic. He keeps himself as bad as non-biased as you can be concerning these things. But he definitely writes on a pro-Apple standpoint. He's a big fan of it. And that's fine. Again, he's a great author. You should check out his other work as well if you can. And he writes that, and this is the headline, the Apple Watch Review, Bliss, but only after a steep learning curve. He writes in this incredibly long article, it's basically like a novelette, you could submit this thing to the Hugos and it'd probably win, considering everything that's going on about that. He writes that if you can get past the fact that the battery doesn't last, that the interface is impossible to get by for the first three days, that it doesn't seem to pair very well with things and that third-party applications don't really work. Oh, and the incredible price that it is invaluable for how he is now able to interact with his phone and get notifications and see what's happening around him and really interact with things without having to get his phone out. And that's great. I'm glad that it really helped. But what he does fails to realize is that that is what every smartphone a smart watch ever has done. The pebble does that. So in effect, what he's essentially said is that it's just like every other smart watch out there, except it doesn't work all the time. Doesn't work with third party programs, has a horrible interface is way too expensive and doesn't last as long as I'd like. Oh, and it costs a lot more. Did I mention it costs a lot more? And these thoughts, the, this, this article that he's written, is echoed across a lot of different sites that I've uh, looked up. CNET has said the same thing. The Wall Street Journal has said the same thing. They all think they're saying these really pro-Apple things. They're really going on the bandwagon about everything you can do with it. But what none of them are really realizing is everything they say they can do is everything that every other smartwatch can do as well. The one thing that none of them are really striking on is the how the Apple Watch looks, which admittedly is the only difference. Now, I know there are people out there who use Apple and I'm not trying to rag on you, and you're going to say, quite accurately so, that well, yeah, but if you have an iPhone or an iPad or if you're in the iOS ecosystem, all you can use is the Apple Watch. And you're you're right. But only for the next little bit. See, Android is currently working on a beta for a program that you would install on your iOS device that would let you use an Android Wear device with your iPhone. So that exclusive space is about to become a lot less exclusive. Now, again, I can't really go on about the Apple's um, build quality. Speaking from a historically, historical stand- standpoint, yeah, Apple makes awesome stuff awesome stuff. Um their hardware is always well built. I mean even when they have little niggles or little defects or faults, they're small, they're really easy to get by. They're heavy, they're made of good material, there's they're almost seamless. So if you were to focus on that and say this watch costs $500 instead of the 350 that other ones do because of its build quality, I could go with that. I could understand that. But it doesn't seem like anyone's saying that. So I guess if you, if you were going to buy it before, there's nothing I could ever say to ever sway you from that. Go for it. Have fun. Prove me wrong. Let me know what you think of the watch. But if you've been on the fence about it, wait. Apple typically releases their best stuff in the second or third generation or the second or third iteration of it. Don't get this one please don't get this one. Buy a car instead, okay? Buy an RV. Just saying. Send your kid through college, okay? Do that. In other Apple um, reviews, and this one really surprises me, from the Wall Street Journal, an author by the name of Joanna Stern got the new MacBook. Now, you remember that when Apple announced the MacBook, I was first here on the show to say, it is gorgeous. It is beautiful. And you know what? I stand by it. It is. It is a gorgeous little laptop. But there's something weird about it and weird that I didn't expect. And again, another Apple-friendly, Apple-centric tech author is writing about, and, and she's being a little bit more blunt about it, as beautiful as it is, the battery really doesn't last, which surprises me. Apple MacBooks typically last. The battery is usually their biggest selling point, their battery and their screens. This one is falling short of all expectations. Um, Also, that single USB Type-C jack that I said is going to be a real problem, well, it turns out it's a real problem. Uh, Not just in that you only have one jack, which is a horrible thing, but also if you forget your charger, tough. You can't use anyone else's. That's it because no one else has a type C charger anywhere. If you forget your charger at home, you're better off either going back home to get it or going to the Mac store and buying a new one. Cause there's no other way to charge. Uh, also The $80 accessory that uh, turns it into a dongle and splits out to other different types of connections is almost mandatory because I guarantee, I defy you to find a USB Type-C flash drive out there or card reader. They just don't exist. Um, Otherwise, it says, you know, the speakers are surprisingly powerful. Um, It really is quite beautiful. It's very thin. It's very sturdy. It's very hot. Remember, this doesn't have any fans, it doesn't have any vents, it's supposed to be the lower-powered uh, Intel, however, because it is fanless and ventless, it actually gets incredibly hot. It doesn't game, which is to be expected, but um, but yeah, it's just painful to use because of the port, painful to use because of the heat, and evidently painful to use because it takes forever to charge and you need to charge frequently. These are all actually kind of big surprises. No, I take that back. Two of these are a really big surprise to me. The single port part is not a surprise at all. You can't have a computer in this day and age with a single port. We're not animals. We have multiple ports. Don't give me 20. That'd be overkill. You know, give me four, four ports. That's meeting. That's, that's acceptable. I think we can make do with that. Right. Um, but again, people are saying, As beautiful as this thing is, as much incredible technology as it tries to break out, it's just too much. It's too much too soon for for too much money. And it really kind of makes you wonder what on earth Apple is doing now under Tim Cook, that this is two products they're releasing at the same time that are suffering from all the same problems. I want to know what all the Apple fans out there are thinking, though. Am I being just unfair, unkind? Let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. The MacBook, does it still hold appeal to you? Uh, The Apple Watch, would you ever get it? I really want to know. I'm really interested in that. Into other news. And see, this is tough because I don't have anyone else here to talk to, to cover when I'm shifting between articles. So now I just have to BS. Hope you like that. The Russians. Those sneaky Russians. Sorry. Sorry. I don't think we have any Russian listeners if we do. Sorry, I'm part Russian. Does that count? Turns out uh, some Russian hackers actually got into the White House. They managed to penetrate sensitive parts of the White House computer system uh, using a faulty system in the Department of State. Um, This is a CNN article, which evidently has an autoplay. And the Allstate guy is currently yelling at me through my headphones. So we're going to close that. And I'm going to try and remember the rest of the article off the top of my head. So they believe they got in through a faulty system in the Department of State, the State Department. Uh, they hijacked, they piggybacked in there and hijacked a few systems and were able to get into the white house that way. It doesn't seem any other spots were hit and they haven't yet released what was accessed, but it turns out a lot of sensitive information. They don't believe this was a state sponsored attack. I think it was just a hack that came out of Russia. And if you remember our previous shows, there's a lot of hacking activity that comes out of Russia. Um, All of it private. Ironically, a lot of it from people who work for security firms in Russia. Turns out, if you want to hack, Russia may be your place to go. Um, If you want to get rid of NSA secrets, it's also a good place to go. Sorry, Snowden. Um, Not to turn political here, even though I'm the only one here, and so I could really say whatever I want, Zonner. It's little things like this that actually make me think that maybe Hillary Clinton might have had the right idea by keeping her emails separate. Uh, Yes, I know from a transparency standpoint, it's the wrong thing to do. I know that people are saying they can't really trust her for it. And you know what? They have every right to say that because they're, they're kind of right, you know. But speaking as a security person myself, an IT security person. If you can't trust the other system, if you go to work for a place and they say you must use our email system and you go, I don't really think that's very secure. And and maybe this fact that you got compromised by Russian hackers who were able to get into the home of the president uh, is a bad example. If you can make your own server, your own system that you know is secure, that's what you do. So, I mean... I don't know. I'm still torn on the whole Hillary email thing, but this little incident, this whole Russian hackers getting into the White House is not really a point in the State Department's favor. Um, We already know what can be accessed through wireless webcams and security cameras and doors and who knows what else. And this is supposed to be the most secure home in America, probably the world. And, And they got in and they got schedules and all sorts of different stuff. So... Not cool, not cool at all. Let's go on to our next headline. Hopefully Allstate doesn't follow with that one, because that guy's voice is weird. Um, every time he talks, I just think of the president on 24. Okay, that was random. Xbox One. Xbox One is getting a new tuner. Now, this had already been out in Europe, and people are wondering why it couldn't come to the U.S. Well, it is. Uh U.S. and Canada are going to get support by certain over the air TV tuners. The first one is going to be the Hop Hog Win TV 955Q. That doesn't mean much to most people, but Google it. It's on sale for Amazon right now for like 80 bucks, and it will allow you to watch TV over the air to your Xbox. Now, if you're not familiar with hooking up your cable systems, uh, you wouldn't know this, but. You can hook it up into your actual cable as well. So long as it's not digitally encoded uh, and require a cable card, you can plug it into your cable, if you have cable, and watch that through your Xbox. The guide system looks a lot like it has in Windows Media Center in years past. And I think this is a good indication of what Microsoft is planning to do with Media Center. Media Center is that little uh, overlay that has existed since Windows XP. I've used it since about the same time. Uh, it used to be on the original Xbox. You could do it on the Xbox 360. And it allows you to watch live TV, record TV, stream movies, videos, watch uh, home movies, play music, look at shows. It's really a very powerful interface. It was Roku before Roku existed. It was Apple TV before Apple TV existed, and it has always worked, almost perfectly, unless you're like me and you screw with things, and then it works only enough to piss off your wife. But it has been one of Microsoft's best achievements ever, and it's been the most underutilized and misadvertised, because most people don't even know it was there. And not only there, it's been there for 12 years. Well, with Windows 10 coming out, no word had been trickling down about what was going to happen to Media Center. And I think this is its answer. I think they're going to try and take Media Center and roll it into Xbox One. They're really trying to position the Xbox One as your total all-in-one media experience in the home. And you know what? I'm totally okay with that. Keeping a Media Center up in my entertainment center has been a pain. Not because it's hard to use, but because there's all that extra heat. I have another computer up there. The computer hardware is on 24-7 working around the clock, and it always gets hot and old. It's right next to my thermostat. It drives the temperature up in my apartment. I know, weird things to complain about. First world problems and whatnot. Not even that geek world problems. But the Xbox One is designed to be a low-power device when it's in idle and to be on demand. And if they can get this thing to do this, that would be awesome. No word yet on the ability to record shows. They're probably going to hold off on that because a lot of uh, content providers are really skittish about the idea of a computer recording shows, even though that's what a TiVo is and has been for years. They're just weird about it. But I'll bet you money. I'll bet you an Xbox One. This is where the future of Microsoft Entertainment is going. They're going to take more and more Media Center features and put them into the Xbox One, and they're hoping it will be your main entertainment hub for the house. Also, in kind of cool news, this isn't a headline we have in the show notes, but uh, I'll let you in on it now, there should be a firmware update coming in coming months to the Xbox 360 that will allow it to use 2 terabyte drives, which is pretty awesome. Um, my guess is that there is no particular reason behind it. They just thought of making a firmware update, but I know of a way you can use it. Since the 360 is probably going to be discontinued in the next couple of years, and I know a lot of game companies are shifting away to the Xbox One, once this firmware rolls out, get yourself a 2 terabyte drive, copy all the games you want to play to the drive, then you can get rid of the games or at least pack them away. Um, it's all in this way, your 360 is almost going to become your on demand, uh, emulator box, kind of like that computer you keep, uh, under your bed and only bring out when it's time to dust that can play all the N64 and Sega ROMs. I just dated myself terribly, didn't I? Yeah. So cool stuff all around from the Xbox world. Um, that firmware update, no real uh, announcements have been made. They're currently in beta testing for it. So if you're part of the Xbox Insider experience, you probably got an email telling you you were, you were already getting that firmware. Otherwise, um, the rest of us will just have to wait. Okay. Um, Idos, which I think is how you pronounce that, um, just got uh, trolled. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Um Their Deus Ex Mankind Divided got leaked. Oops. See, this game wasn't really fully announced. No one knew it was being made. This is the follow-up to uh, Human Revolution, uh, which itself was a follow-up to Shadow War, which itself was a follow-up to the original Deus Ex, in my opinion, one of the greatest games ever made. No one ever said that this one was even coming out, and then all of a sudden screenshots started to drop for it, um, and they look awesome. So to roll with it, uh, and, and I should—I said Ido's, but it's actually Square Enix now because they're the ones who uh, who did it. Even though it's Ido's Montreal who who's developing the game, they just decided to release the trailer. I said, you know what? Screw it. Okay, here you go, and it looks beautiful. I played Human Revolution; it was really hard for my computer to get through um in fact i may have shortened my computer's life with how much heat the video card was putting out but it was worth it it was so much fun Uh, i can't imagine that this game is going to be any less however it may actually turn my computer to slag so i may not be playing this for a while you know until i can get a new computer so by the way anyone out there who's in my situation that's what you do you save up for a new computer And then you go back and you play the games from two years ago you couldn't play before. And you play them like a boss at all the max settings. Just saying. That's how you do it. Like a boss. Um, YouTube announced a new partnership system. Uh, It's a paid subscription offering where if you pay a subscription fee, which I believe is $10 a month, you can get it without ads. Okay, Schmitty has actually mentioned this, that if he could pay something that gave him YouTube without ads, he would do it. Uh, We thought the other YouTube subscription system was going to allow it. No, it just gave you access to certain shows. That kind of bombed. But this new one will allow you to do do it without ads. It also allows creators, such as SoulAndroids.com, put our videos behind a paywall. So only subscribers can access them. Okay that's not a bad thing though it could be argued that most popular youtube channels become popular because they're free and they put everything out for everyone to enjoy but okay well, you know let's roll with it let's roll with it let's say uh let's say glove and boots a very popular youtube channel that i love uh, they're done by bento box let's say they have their free stuff that gets everyone kind of hooked and they have their really awesome stuff that's behind a subscription wall um and if you want to see that stuff, you have to pay the subscription fee. Okay, yeah, I, that kind of works. I could see that. The problem is, is that this is the same model done by porn websites. That w- What is so enticing behind the paywall that you would pay that money? I'm just saying, it seems kind of weird. The problem is, is that if you're a content creator, like StolenDroids.com, you have to subscribe you have to pay the subscription fee. The reason? Well, they haven't really given one. Um, They just say that if you create videos, you have to pay the subscription fee. They clarify as content creators, but that's where it gets super confusing for me because isn't the entire point of YouTube that everyone can create? Isn't that like like what their entire business model is based around. You want a video? Great, take a video with your phone. There's an app right there. You can upload it straight to your YouTube account. Boom, you're a content creator. You have created, you're on the interwebs. So I'm not sure how that works. It's also kind of sucky in the fact that we can't afford a $10 a month subscription for our few videos. I don't know why we should have to pay. It seems really bizarre. No word yet on how successful this is going to be. Um, It's very possible that it turns out that this will not work and they cancel the entire shebang. One hopes because seriously, I think they're going to lose a lot of creators this way. Um, Also in the Google world, even though this is previously from YouTube, the Verge did an article on women's CEO. Well, actually, they're just reporting. It's actually the University of Washington who did this. They uh, did a study that took a look at the tech industry and how many women are in the tech industry. This is a often maligned thing. We've always said that there's not enough minorities and not enough women. Well, they go one step farther. This isn't just in the tech industry. This is in all industries, specifically the CEO. So they went to Google image search and they typed in CEO. They did this under their incognito mode, so it shouldn't have taken into account any of their own previous search histories, any of their information. Um and realized that wow, this is insane. Typing in CEO brought up a whole bunch of men in suits. A whole lot of men in suits, and most of them white men in suits. Only, let's see here, zoomed out to 50%, going down one, two, three, four, fives, seven rows to the very far right. So the very last one on the page, there's finally a woman. Well, no, not really a woman, because it's actually CEO Barbie. CEO Barbie isn't actually a model of a Barbie doll. That was a joke article from The Onion Okay, that was from 2005, where The Onion said that the only woman CEO that should exist is CEO Barbie. Basically, The Onion article just turned into its own self-fulfilling prophecy, because according to Google Image Search, she's the only female CEO out there. So, that's kind of disheartening. Uh, maybe Google should expand the image search, but it could be argued that Google uh, adjusts the image searches based on what we are looking for. So that seems kind of like a recursive problem there, a downward spiral, if you will. Uh, speaking of down- downward, and problem, and oh my gosh, nightmare esque. This last year um, at uh, the TED Talks, there was a scientist who went on about how he could perform a head transplant. Well, he has a volunteer now. A 30-year-old Russian man, Valery S- Sperdnadov, I think I slaughtered that, I'm sorry. Um, me slaughtering your name is not the worst thing that to happen to you, announced that he has volunteered to become the first human transplant subject ever. They're going to remove his head Entirely and have it installed on another person's body. I just want to let that sink in for a bit because this isn't some B movie plot. This is actually happening. I mean, it could very easily be a B-movie plot. Oh my gosh, they put, uh, they put me on a serial killer's body, and now I need to kill. They put me on an ape's body, and now I need to eat bananas. They put me on a serial-killing ape's body, and now I'm Penny in Big Bang Theory. Sorry, it's an inside joke. I just want to impress upon you, however, how much of a bad idea this is. And it's not just me that says this. Dr. Hunt bachir uh, president-elect of the American Association of Neurological Surgeons, says, I would not wish this on anyone. I would not allow anyone to do it to me as there are a lot of things worse than death. Um, let's see here where he actually goes into... They actually go into detail about how when even if they were to specifically be able to reconnect everything to the new body as intended and everything works like it should your brain your head is about to get rushed with a whole bunch of chemicals from this other person's body they worry that it will reject the head and the die but it could even go worse than that they're worried that he could go to whole new levels of insanity that have never been charted before this seems like a really bad idea I'm not sure why anyone thought this is a good idea. When is this ever going to come in handy in the future? Have we already reached the Futurama level where we need heads and jars? Just just kind of, you know, putting that out there. Is that where we're at now? You know, some of the joy about uh, recording this episode Sunday night instead of Thursday like we normally do, the word is actually coming down now that, uh, just to correct what I earlier recorded, that... Apple saying that 1 million U.S. Apple Watch pre-orders came through. I know, this is a bit of a throwback considering we are done talking about this, but just for comparison there, it's only 1 million as opposed to the huge number of iPhones that go through. So I guess my idea of the uh, inflated adjustment there is confirmed. They pre-ordered, they put a smaller amount out for pre-order. Now that it's pre-ordered and sold out, it's considered bigger. Also, A lot of early reviews have been uh, put together, not just by me. Apple themselves aren't taking note, and they're firing back against all these reviewers, saying, quote, word of mouth after a few months of general availability and not the reviews based on early impressions will decide the success of the Apple Watch, end quote. Um, That's crap, and here's why. The early impressions are the ones where people haven't gone back to look at it with rose-colored glasses. See, anything that you've used for a few months feels like second nature. You can go back and say, "Oh yeah, this thing, I use it all the time, doesn't take much thought, not at all," because they have forgotten the 2 weeks it took them to figure out how to move from app to app. It's actually the first impressions that you want to actually take note of. Those are the reviews that matter. Now, whether or not people are still talking about it in a few months and still buying it, that matters more from Apple's uh sol- how well they can sell these things, not how good a product it is. And therein is the problem with pretty much everything Apple. It's a question of engineering versus marketing engineering. The thing is nothing special marketing. They don't care so long as they can keep making the money. Speaking of making the money, see, I can have a sausage moment here by myself, which sounds horribly inappropriate. The new Spider-Man movie coming out will be Peter Parker, Worse, I I say worse one because it's Spider-Man, and to be perfectly honest, I'm so sick of that web-slinger now. It's going to be Peter Parker in high school. This is going to be the third reboot of Spider-Man. I think it needs to be written into a law somewhere that if a movie franchise needs to be rebooted three times in 15 years, maybe you should just stop trying to tell the story. If you're failing that hard, I just, I think... You know, in my heart of hearts, maybe it just was never meant to happen, or at least maybe it was never meant to happen with you. Um, Just a thought. So uh, Kevin Feige, who has been behind a lot of good Marvel movies, has pointed out that uh, a lot of his favorite uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker story arcs happened when he was in high school. Admittedly, the high school experience in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man basically glossed over. You know, he avoids a punch. He catches Mary Jane before she falls. That's it. That's high school. Uh, and then he's off to graduation. The other one, I never really saw. But from what I understand, there was more high school. Um, I have to be perfectly honest. I don't actually care a whole lot. Not just because Spider-Man isn't my main favorite. Not just because... Um, They've rebooted him so often, and I have absolutely no faith in Sony Pictures at all, even with Marvel's help. But also because I've never heard anything end well that started with the phrase, let's take it back to high school. I'm just saying that's uh, that's just my take on it. I don't think it can possibly end well at all. Just just saying, Okay. Um. Here's an interesting little uh, thing that came out of Stack Overflow. if you're not familiar with Stack overflow it's an awesome little site that uh, is really where a lot of i t professionals get t- together. Uh, they ran a survey survey of everyone who is on their site and found out an interesting little fact okay of all the people on their site ninety two percent are male okay going back to that whole uh women in the tech industry. What's really interesting, 41.8% are self-taught. I've brought this up quite frequently when people have asked me if they can go into the computer world or into the tech world. Um, and they say, well, I've, I've just gotten done with a four-year computer science degree. I tell them, that's awesome. That may not mean you know anything that's required to work in the industry. Uh, I myself am not college educated when it comes to my IT work. Uh, and people are often surprised by that and a little put off by that when I have to turn them down for a job. And this actually just goes to show that evidently I wasn't wrong. And I shouldn't say just me. Uh, Schmitty used to work in IT as well. Zoner as well. Uh, even Stark, our old, uh, our old co-host used to do it. And uh, Colin does now as well. Even Dollface works in IT. And I don't believe any of us have a college degree on it. Most of us are entirely self-taught. So word to the wise, if you want to get into a uh, computer IT, first off, don't, <laughs> you'll make about as much money doing that as you do podcasting, just saying, uh, and second off, don't worry about the degree. Nah, then again, I may be a little bit jilted after all, If 41.8% are, uh, self-taught. I guess that means that, uh, nearly 60%, nearly a full 60% are college educated. So there's food for thought. Um, Yeah. Okay. So that's a happy note to end on. What? End? Yeah. End. See, we're only at 37 minutes here, but the problem is, is that without my co-host basically filling in and helping me pad the length of this episode, we're running a tad bit short. However, we get to follow this up with my favorite of the week. My favorite of the week was going to be a kind of cute video about guys playing with toys. However, um, you guys our listeners are my new favorite of the week. You see, this week, we hit 500 likes on Facebook. This has been a long goal for ours, of ours, and um, well, it's been struggling. It's been struggling. And then this week, you guys came through in a big way. Not just hit 500 likes, blew past it. We're on almost to 600 now. I'm really hoping to beat 744 soon. There's a spe- specific reason, but I won't go into why. Uh, and you guys have just been awesome. So to commemorate that, to commemorate the 500 like mark, and to commemorate our fourth year recording, I thought I'd give you something a little bit extra. Also because I ran out of headline space and because it's getting kind of late here, and I need to sleep before the flight. So I would like to take you back on a retrospective of Stolen Droids podcast.
2: Zombie apocalypse starting in five, four, three, two, 4, brains. They've got to have people there doing moose. <laughs>
1: Hello, and welcome to the Stolen Droids Podcast. This is episode number one. I'm Smitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. I'm Dollface. I'm Dr. Squishy. This is Colin. I'm Alexander. And I'm Zoot. Right.
2: Ryan. They're so deeply entrenched. They're, they're like a wart that's down deep, you know? You gotta dig out the root.
1: <laughs> it's actually a new type of wart. You've heard of the planters? It's the rim.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that this is a bit skewed, however... The numbers are showing that people are starting to turn to Google Plus. So, um I, I may I may be proven to be right on this one. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Time but will it, tell. It's, it's I, looking I, like I am.
3: I did meet someone who had a Google Plus account that had never had a Facebook account.
1: So Really? Really? They are out there. Yep. Yeah. Did they have in indoor plumbing? <laughs> Were they from North Korea? <laughs> I didn't ask actually. <laughs>
0: Our clients need to say
1: we use G+. Google Plus takes much less power on the bicycle generator, so we use that instead of Facebook. Flash games take too much time on bicycle. The cows die really quickly. (laughs) Reminder, listeners, it's not racist because I'm Asian. Hasbro has decided to sue Asus because of their new Transformer Prime tablet. They're Mm -hmm. saying that it infringes on their property, the Transformers, who has Transformer names by the name of Prime. They also have a Transformer Prime toy line. Now, on one hand, I could kind of see where they're going with that and why a Transformer Prime just, I mean, just that combination of words seems so out of nowhere. Of course, it's going to be infringing on our Transformer Prime. But on the other hand, if you are familiar with Android, you know that the pinnacle device is typically called the Prime. Right. Right, Nexus you prime. the Nexus Prime. You have <laughs> the Prime Rib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I think
2: they should have called it the Transformer Optimus. Personally, <laughs> well, see,
1: and that's where it gets kind is of confusing that, because the Transformer is almost a year old now. They never said anything about that. Right. Well, no. And it's how named long have the Transformer. had Transformers hanging on the power poles outside? Exactly. <laughs> well, what's funny is the fact that the Transformer was so named because it actually transforms.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got the keyboard. And
1: yeah, it's a laptop, and it's a it's a tablet. Who is getting it, an Android it, tablet confused with a Japanese robot?
2: And it, it it more than meets the eye on some of these things. Well, I, I
3: broke my Transformer tablet because I was trying to turn it into a tank.
1: <laughs> and so I, I don't understand where the gun goes. <laughs> I got so confused. And then there's Narsacon that transforms into itself. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> I It actually took me a while to figure that out. Inside Report basically said the meeting was an absolute disaster. Is someone smashing their keyboard? Not me. Dude, Who's someone, the hard typist? Dude, someone WD-40 that thing. <laughs> 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 All right, well, um... We don't want to say we we told you so. There I am. There's the wormhole. (laughs) (laughs) This is because. Did you hear you? I
0: heard myself.
2: (laughs) Did you hear your words before they came out of your mouth? Yes. We make
1: good filler. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) We make great filler. And by the way, we feedback.
2: You don't have to agree with us on the feedback. We actually want to hear other points of view. So Mm -hmm. feel free to send us any feedback.
1: Well, now, so, Held, held are, are I feel kind of bad here cause, is
2: that what you just said? What? What? Are we sausage? Is that what you're saying with the filler where the sausage?
1: Sausage isn't a filler. Sausage is the main course. Pilaf <laughs> is a filler. Okay. <laughs> my goodness, man. <laughs> you can this, put sausage in, in tips. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then it's jambalaya. We are without Zoner, however, we are with his superhero persona Dollface. I say that because we never see the two of them in the same place at the same time.
2: Yeah. Well, we try and keep things interesting, and keep you guessing and you know.
1: I I just don't see it. Do. <laughs> he he shrinks, he goes into a phone booth because they still exist, shrinks by a couple feet, comes out as Dollface. Uh,
2: maybe cuz racism just doesn't come naturally to me, but I really have a hard time thinking what kind of jerk is going to go and like just mess with people because their name is native American.
1: I think the term you're looking for is racist.
2: Yes. And I, <laughs> I think, have a difficult yeah. time understanding that concept. And I lived in Africa right after apartheid. That's, so I, I am familiar with it. I don't understand it though. It's coming from a guy whose last name is honor. So
1: <laughs> your white privilege is showing honor. They're not Jews. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I I say that jokingly. I hate that phrase. Your privilege is showing. You know. I, I sorry. I, I do.
2: Sorry. That was actually my butt crack that was showing. No. <laughs> Explains
3: the
1: smell. Man, your privilege stinks. I'm just gonna move to a completely different room right now. Um. Being that we are in Zoner's basement, <laughs> none of us know our way around. That could be dangerous.
2: <laughs> is this a restroom? Oh, closet. Oh, restroom.
1: Oh, closet. Hi, honor's oh. wife. How, how's it going? Oh, Please excuse oh, hi. me. <laughs> Awkward silence. Find a shrine to like, SpongeBob somewhere. After five doors, I did
2: find the restroom. So <laughs> my SpongeBob shrine's behind that door. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I just pointed to a door right now because nobody could see it. Because I
3: has SpongeBob tied up in there and gagged.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, not SpongeBob, Tom Kenny. <laughs> gotcha. I like them voice actors. They're entertaining.
3: Yeah. So I have a Facebook friend who who whose last name on on Facebook is Super Bad Pimpleicious, and that's an awesome he's had name. That name. On Facebook for I think eight years now, and they've never banned him. And we don't call him Super Bad Pimpleicious in real life, as far as I know. I haven't called him that.
2: So if I were to report him, would I be racist against the pimpleicious ones? <laughs> that's a
3: good point because he he's not. I mean he he's Caucasian, so you wouldn't be racist.
1: My brother goes by a completely different name on Facebook as well. You'd be namist. <laughs> name, name elitist. Cool Mar Superbad Pimpalicious. With a picture of Bender as the uh <laughs> That's nice. He just looked it up.
2: <laughs> yep. What well, that dude's gonna all of a sudden on Monday afternoon he's gonna have like Eight thousand new friend requests.
1: I think you overestimate our audience. Well, it's because <laughs> Ruff, are you
2: listening? Have you friended him yet? It's because our eight listeners will each tell their friends, and they'll tell their friends. and they'll tell and their, so their friends. And yes, so
3: on. Oh, we should have asked a dollar from everyone that does that. Then we'd be millionaires. I really want to make a song for Pimpalicious now. <laughs> Pimpalicious.
1: Just wait. His worst nightmare they is going to got that ha- pimples all up. <laughs> Ew. Okay, so his, his worst nightmare is going to come true when his mom joins Facebook, and it's going to be like Mama Pimplelicious. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Got to find out that's his actual name.
1: <laughs> it's a family oh. name. It's from the old country. Thanks, jerk.
3: The clan of Pimplelicion.
1: <laughs> they changed it when we came in through Ellis Island. Uh, Does he it was originally Pimpleopos. Pimple- it was, it was, it was, <laughs> we were Greek
3: uh, I'm sorry right now for all the extra friend requests Mr. Superbad
1: <laughs> I, I actually have had uh, I don't know if the other droids know this I have actually had my own little gig like that I was supposed to be in a training video I had an entire scene and I show up on set and they said well we've actually decided to turn this into a PowerPoint slideshow we now only need two pictures of you you need to look interested and we need you to look concerned
4: my gosh, that's I'm, that that's that's the acting f- industry. you know you're doing it looks like you know you're on TV and all these people are doing amazing things, but really, that's a lot of what you do is you do infomercials, you do really silly stuff that you don't really want anybody to see, but um
2: yeah, those are that's the commercial world for you. <laughs> now, have you done infomercials?
4: Oh, I've done a lot of infomercials I'm a host, so I've done a lot of infomercials and um oh my god, I'm gonna send you guys the best infomercial right now. So my my funniest job ever and I hope that they um let me see if I can find it. Oh god, this is like the best thing on earth. <laughs> this is so embarrassing, but I, I love embarrassing myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? So my You know, I've been doing hosting, and obviously now I'm very particular about the type of hosting that I do. But when you first start, you're like, hey, I'll take anything. You know, I need money, and I need people to see this. So, one of the things that I got booked for was this infomercial series about sex toys. Here's me. And and then they were like, oh, not only are you going to be the host, but we want you to be this doctor-like character. You're going to be this sex toy expert. So I have all this dialogue. There was another girl that actually ended up booking it. It was between me and her, and she ended up getting it. And then she ended up not being able to do it. So they give me, like, 20 pages of dialogues talking about... And, like and all of this stuff, and then they wanted to be, they're like, but this is for rural America, so we don't, you know, it can't be all sexy, you need to be, you know, you need to sound like a scientist talking about this. <laughs> so this is, and, um, okay, this is I'm going to send this to you guys, so if, you know, I'm sure you guys later are going to see this, this is, it's called Romance Shopping Network. And I don't know if there are any videos here. I'll have to find them for you guys. Oh, yeah, there's one video here. And basically, it's me talking about... Um, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and I don't know if this is going to come back to haunt me, but I just think it's really funny. And, it, and you know, they they had really great intentions, and they wanted it to be a really cool you know hip show but it just cracks me up that you know
1: i'm gonna have to explain this one to the wife before yeah, i hit play uh, uh, i'm
2: thinking i am too but that that is a very lovely um pink cardigan is <laughs> kind, kind of a little bit different from the chain mail and whatnot that we're accustomed to well, here's- seeing you in
4: example of when you know it's a very commercial field where where you don't really have the choice when you're an actor you don't have the choice of what role you're playing and so they want to be you know the perfect for rural america and so they're like okay you're going to be wearing a little white button-down shirt and a and a pink cardigan and the funniest thing is they were like we want a little cleavage but not a lot just enough but not a lot
1: (laughs) (laughs) We, we have to admit here um to both the people listening and to you sir uh Zoner has a huge man crush.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know, very flattering. Thank you. If if you go back
2: and listen to any of our Stolen Droids Presents episodes, apparently I have a crush on everybody we interview. So
1: um... I have been wondering why you keep uh, suggesting these certain people. <laughs> now, no, for the I, I... for the for the people in the world who may not know, uh, Jonathan, can you describe yourself in five minutes or less?
0: I am six feet tall. I have uh, brown, shaggy hair and a a beard uh, tinged with red. Uh, And I am a singer-songwriter and internet superstar. Um, I uh, left my day job writing software in two thousand five and did a project called Thing a Week, where I released a new song every Friday for a year. Uh, I had some sort of viral successes over the course of that year, and by the end of that year, was uh, was uh, able to. Um, uh, make a living, kind of, as a musician. And uh, what else? People might also know me from uh, the song I wrote for the game Portal called "Still Alive," uh, and as well the second Portal game and its ending song. Uh, and what else? I, I suppose that's I suppose that's mostly who I am. I think that mostly describes it.
1: All right. Well, I guess we should start off by really explaining who we are as Stolen Droids. Um, stolen Droids has been around for three years now, guys. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we just had our third birthday. Woo-hoo. And It's been
2: that long? Wow. It,
1: it's been that long, and uh, we didn't get anything for each other. So <laughs> that shows you how much attention we're paying to it, huh? You never call. I know. <laughs> now, uh, unfortunately, contrary to what Google searches might uh, say, we are not a website where you can find stolen droid phones. Uh, in fact, I think we made the website. We made the name "Stolen Droids" before the Droid Phone was ever released. Well, you, and you've been writing actually for quite a while. I would say that this is that Mog World and your new book Jam is probably the first writing you've done that hasn't had a visual element to it as well. Because you've done <laughs> yes. web comics, you've done videos, you've done games.
3: Yeah, I don't like to talk about the web
0: comics
1: anymore. Understood.
0: <laughs> works, of, yeah. I mean, um, who was it who said that every
3: artist needs to get ten thousand bad works out of them before they can do the good ones? <laughs> I'm not sure I've even reached that number yet, but uh, I like to think what I'm
0: getting there.
1: Well, see, and I feel like the biggest dork now because I have actually read uh, every single strip of, of one particular series you had uh, mm-hmm. and loved them, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously uh zook you love them more than yahtzee does at this point so i, that, I guess that means i could be uh considered their biggest fan <laughs> all right we are here with the incomparable lisa foils lisa go ahead and say hi to everyone
4: hey how's it go for a second there i thought you were gonna say incompetent and i'm like well i guess that kind of works too
1: <laughs> we keep it real <laughs> on our show you know that
2: would be kind of fun to introduce somebody, just like horribly slam them right off the, be- <laughs> right at the beginning, and just see how quickly that interview comes to a conclusion.
4: <laughs> the horrible, bad-smelling, incompetent Lisa Foils everyone. I'd Thank rather you. we Thank not try I- that
1: I- experiment <laughs> on someone I actually like and have been trying for a very long time to get onto the show. All right. Well, that is episode number two eleven, uh, for better or for worse. Sorry. Um, well. If anything, that I think that really just shows how far we've come, thanks to you, our fans. Uh, if anything, at least our audio quality is better. Uh, we would love to hear what you guys think of the show. Let us know what works, what doesn't, what you want to hear more of, what you definitely want to hear less of. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Facebook, friend us on Twitter, or reverse that as well. Whatever works. Don't go to Ella. We never check it. And until next time, cheers.